0: A FAM production, furniture and mattress, FAM.news.
1: Yo, what up, fam? How is it going today? Okay, so we are currently at uh, the Nationwide Show, Nationwide Primetime in Phoenix, and um, I can't help but say I'm, I'm a little frustrated. The main reason I'm frustrated is because I flew all the way out to Phoenix just to end up hanging out with other people from North, <laughs> <other> North Carolina, <laughs> and I don't know. Like we could have just done this, like
2: two hours away
1: at my house, <laughs> right? Um, but actually, I'm I'm spend, I'm I'm here with some guys that I didn't know 24 hours ago that I know now. Actually, that's not true because I've, I've, we've met a little bit, but we haven't gotten to really know each hours. other. 48 hours and we already have like team names going on and all of these other things but the 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 best thing about this is how much synergy is between these guys so sweet dreams and also unrelated plus batman plus uh dreams for all right and so we got a lot of stuff to talk about so let's start with Keith. Tell us about yourself, man. Who are you?
2: I am Keith Moneymaker, um, <clears throat> dad, first off of three boys, twins, almost six, and an almost one-year-old who looks like he's a five-year-old, so he's practically my wife's size at this point. Um, <clears throat> your wife looks like a five-year-old? <laughs> and my kid's the size of my wife, and she's five foot tall. Oh. He's like 27 pounds, and he turns one in two weeks. <laughs> he has four nice. teeth, and he climbs all the stairs, and he runs. And he's dangerous. <laughs> he runs a lot. And he's a lot. And he uh-huh. just learned how to clear our blockades. He knows how to climb on things. Nice.
3: Anyway. Do you pick him up and throw him across the room and wrestle so with him?
2: The kid's starting to. And they better start to, because he's going to be bigger than them. So they better need to like go ahead and take charge now. Um, I am... Uh, I am an advocate for local businesses and in my town I I grew up in Moore County <clears throat> family business took it over 10 years ago it's been in business 20 years you will learn a cool coincidence later on I'm sure about how we're all here together um, and I sell mattresses for a living and that's it, it, it pays the bills and I love doing it and I really I found always fascination in dealing with people and building relationships and them trusting me enough to buy whatever it is a thousand fifteen thousand dollar product they're trusting me enough to trust me inside that white rectangle, so I feel developing relationships are important, are super important because people have to trust you, and they're coming in right off the street. Um, so, Sweet Dreams mattresses and more established in 2002, and then six years ago we fruition came to of Dreams for All, which came from a flood that affected an area in our town, our area in our state. We started taking beds after seeing a huge need of people lost everything in a real high poverty area. So we took beds down to an area 45 minutes away. Uh, Santa mattresses that were returned when you buy a new mattress you get an old bed back that's how our industry works Every retailer gets beds back so I just found a nice place for them And and now in six years we've our official 501c3 We've redistributed thousands of mattresses have a partnership with Tempur Sealy who gives us new beds We work with homeless shelters fire departments We I mean we, we cover all the bases and 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 first and the most amazing part about this is that this is an industry problem and Greg Greg Law here, and Andy Schessler, Matt Man, are here, and we're also conjoined in this cool moment that they believed in us enough to become our first affiliate to help take this vision to a to a, not just a statewide operation to a nationwide. This is an industry wide problem that nobody is just taking the clout and just ready to just get their hands dirty and deal with used mattresses because it's something nobody wants to touch. Throw it in the dump. That's easy. Which is like not, well, life shouldn't be easy. You should have challenges, and that's in. An, thing we just constantly have done so we found a place for it and created a system and and give back to the community and builds a hell of a community around our our businesses you're a beast i love it Ooh.
3: beast, beast. <laughs> <laughs> greg be next uh doug thanks for having me uh, my name is greg law and um I'm, I'm just excited to be a part of this industry yeah i, I met uh, the love of my life at uh, florida state university in 2000 well we met at 1998 got married 2002 started this family business sweet dreams mattress and furniture. We started sweet dreams mattress In Mooresville, North Carolina in 2002 and We started that with my parents My whole life. I've been the recipient of a lot of grace and a lot of luck and a lot of a lot of favor and I love being a part of the nationwide marketing group and aligning with other local businesses and people like Keith Moneymaker Everybody in our industry just hearing the stories and the passion that comes behind it. How do I take what what people have entrusted me with and believes in me and pay it forward. I I feel like sweet dreams is a gift my family's a gift all my friends and Relationships that I have, so I just want to turn that and, and do something meaningful with it. So I love uh, living life fully charged with uh, with that in mind.
1: That's awesome, yeah. man. Oh, howdy chowdy.
0: I uh, use the word chowdy. My name is Andy Schlesser. So uh, chowdy. I'll just say I'll preface chowdy is chow and howdy put together. It's a North Carolina aloha. Uh, not really, but it's my own not North Carolina, all. Aloha. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm one of those people that fell into this industry and just never looks never looks back. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I was recruited out of college in 2006 to North from Illinois to North Carolina. Greg and Katie, you know, they were coming home during events uh, like you know Christmas and stuff, and telling me about their bed business and. How positive it was, and how much it was growing, and they just came and recruited me. So I, I really look back. I'm, I just turned forty, and you know, probably the first twenty years of my life, I, I really, I knew I wanted to do something fun, do something great, but I just didn't know what. And then, even in my first tenure of the mattress and furniture industry, I, it didn't really click. But then these guys linked up with folks like Nationwide, which were just amazing. They taught us core values. They taught us the importance of your team and your people. Uh, Things like the 95% share, which really changed your perspective. And folks like Chris Kuster that we worked with that really taught us a lot of skills that we have now. And so that suddenly evolved into, my name is Andy Schlesser and I have a droid phone. But I also parade around as a giant undersized State Puff Marshmallow Man that wears his bib backwards. Uh, I'm Map Man, Sir Capes-a-Lot. I put capes on everything. I'm the comfortable cape crusader. I fight the things that keep you up at night. By the power of the pillow, the might of the mattress, and the surety of the sheets, we have your game plan for better sleep. So you can fall asleep faster, get a good night's rest, and see what you're capable of. Because when you sleep like a superhero, you can learn to be awake like one. Holy hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> Holy hell, <my> man. <laughs> yeah. It gets a from time to time, but you know what? Like, uh, yeah, like these guys just awaken my superpowers of, of fun and creativity. I like to be very, I, I like to give the unexpected experience. I think that's what makes us very unique in our local market as as yeah. retailers. So Absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. when people's jaws drop, like,
2: what? <laughs> fun story. I, I, I had before, I mean, I saw him always on his thing, so I, I had a I paid a teenager, and I had one of my local mattress companies make this like ghetto mattress costume just to send, spin a sign. We never like use it as a brand like you have. But we just had a random dude out there, and like in the middle of the summer, people would come in. It's like you make him stand out there. I was like, I don't make him; I, he does it voluntarily, and he gets paid. So, anyway, but I never thought of using the mattress costume as like a thing. Thing is, I haven't done it in five years, and people still come out. I was like, you're the person with the sign guy by the road. And I'm like, yeah, we haven't had somebody out there in the past five years crazy how people remember things like that so that's Mm -hmm. important oh like
0: uh pre-pandemic i had friends in the networking uh side of lake norman we're just north of charlotte north carolina in lake norman and they knew me as andrew or andy for five six years pandemic happens we don't see each other for like a year come back it's like hey matt hey matt how you doing so that highest paid compliment of that's great that's great marketing
1: (laughs) well i i think it's I think you touch on something really important, especially in an, in an industry like ours, where I, I think from the outside looking in, it could be really interesting, because it doesn't—it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like it would be that complicated, right? You—you you, to sell mattresses, like they all kind of look the same; they're <laughs> for the same purpose, right? and in, in a lot of ways there's a lot of people and we've known some of these people that think they can just they come in you open stores you order some beds and you be successful right but you know there really is an element of can you be remarkable in some way and if the answer is no it's a short tenure and i don't think i mean obviously it's not just the betting business right it's Anything. it's it's any business you do not passion
2: behind it you don't have a reason have investment yeah Open in something expected to work. You don't invest in your community and your people.
1: Yeah. Yeah 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 I, I agree. So okay so help me understand this. Sweet dreams, sweet dreams, two companies completely unrelated that were founded in the same year. In yeah. the same state. So we got Keith, correct. Keith Had no Monday idea Baker, Divine Sweet
0: Dreams mattress and more. Greg Law, sweet dreams mattress and furniture <clears throat> or in Boston Fanage.
2: Fast. <laughs> so, Greg, how did your name come to fruition? And I'll, I'll share mine.
3: Uh, my parents tucked us in every night, and that's what they would say: "Sweet dreams." And um, when we were looking for a place to open our business, um, we put a business plan together, and my, my, my dad actually brought that up: it was "Sweet dreams."
2: And I was like, "Yeah, I love it." <clears throat> so, my parents survived on used furniture and antiques. So Like they bought houses and sold furniture for a living. That business burned down in 2001. It was a 15. It was their mm-hmm. livelihood. So my dad was determined to work for himself again. Well, the fire was the biggest fire Moore County had had at that point in 2001. <clears throat> 15 out of 16 departments were there, and several articles were in the paper about like the fire and things like that. It was an old building, so asbestos was an issue. There was a lot of like things. And one night it was like fiery nightmare turns into sweet dreams because he had opened that store about six months later, mm. and that's how that name came to fruition. Oh, that's beautiful. That's awesome, isn't it? He had just started selling mattresses towards the end of the life of the store. T- anyway, because um, I remember watching it burn. So mm. we got a call, like my parents building caught on fire, so. Mm. Yeah.
1: That's amazing. So it came from, so yours came from the way your parents tucked you in at night. Yep. And yours came from Tra- tragedy. A, a, a real, like a real, real tragedy. Yeah. That's incredible.
2: He had just started selling reliable bedding or Sutherland or something with like because people were buying antique beds they need a mattress so he started selling something super cheap so when he determined to find something else to do like we opened a little 15 bed like store and uh because there was nobody else in the area we had these guys i won't say the name but there's the only place people chose from in town it wasn't that great to deal mm-hmm. with so anyway so a couple of years after we opened they went out of business are you talking about
1: my family business not that one. We okay. were <laughs> they were letters of the alphabet, okay. mattress discounters. So that's okay. all I can say. Anyway, they didn't. I mean, we,
2: but it was like it was it was it was just real. I don't. I'm not. I'm not big on talking about the businesses. Yeah, no, so, of course. In other words, like they, people were glad that something else opened up, and then we got we moved out of that building. We moved into another building that was bigger. We were the placeholder while a nice restaurant was getting built in this. Mm. The very first car. has another cool like little connection. My dad's. His dad, his first job was at the first car dealership in Moore County, which was in the building where our store moved to, to converting to our restaurant. So it's this really old, like cool-looking building. It's turned into the Sly Fox, and that's where like our store was a placeholder. When the economy went tanked in 08, my dad kind of just like we had to move out. We had to get another location. So we picked a, he picked a big location. And he sold a lot of assets, things, and put a lot on the line to the location we're right now, which mm-hmm. we now own because our landlord believed in us and. Believed in my story, and I kept asking, just like, please don't sell out. Because Matchlesserman Warehouse both came in and tried to buy that building out from under us. Wow, yeah,
1: that's incredible. Okay, so so you guys know each other a little bit better. You guys know each other better than I know you guys, right? So what what would you say are some of like the synergies? Like obviously, the name is the same.
2: The drive.
1: The drive. <laughs> so Sorry. so like, what are what are like the Sorry. main like. Because I I also say this, growing up in the business, I know that like, I can remember people that were our competitors, like we were friendly with, like relatively friendly, but not friendly enough to like sit and hang out and have a beer with and like do a podcast with, or even be a part of the same like buying group or whatever. So like, what is it that, I mean, you guys in, for all intents and purposes, have some reason to be less than friendly with each other because both of you could go, they stole my name, right? In, in Dude, they, and were never trained, even they were they really bothered us too they were
0: trained at the same Simmons plant in the same month my, my when manager they opened up and met no way yeah in 2002 that's when they met each other the first time was at, at we opened up and I
3: was like two weeks <laughs> later I'm walking through the Simmons plant and I see a stack of beds for sweet dreams and pineville I'm like Pinehurst. Pinehurst. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny cuz we, oh offered, my, we used to get a lot of each other's bills
2: and also got people each of our merchandise a lot. Like people kept screwing it up. So like send him your I rest voice orders and, and he'd get my bills or vice versa. Yeah, you were getting a much better deal. Yeah, it was good. I got his product, oh, he got hysterical. the bills. That's hysterical. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you
0: I'll tell you a little bit about the leader who taught me how to lead and this is Greg Law. When I started working for Sweet Dreams, Bachelors and Furniture, Greg would encourage us to go and be very friendly with local competition just anyways. Mm -hmm. So even if if Keith was closer or Keith was literally around the corner, we would still have this connection. He's two hours away, so I mean, great. We don't overlap too much. But then that was the fun of it. I've been in... I, I play music. I'm a musician. I've been in bands before where if you play in other bands, it's like girlfriends. Like, you can't have two girlfriends. They find out about each other, and then you don't have any girlfriends. They get mad. And <laughs> then I, I was always liking to play music well with multiple multiple musicians because you learn so much and you right. gain so much knowledge. Right. And that's what Greg was seeing. Is it's like, yeah, I know you're a competitor. I just want... But I want to know what you do well and I want to share what I do well because together we can just make where we live a better place. And so then, you know, like it's just natural that when he met Keith or saw those things, there was no animosity. There's no there's no ego getting in the way. That's not how Greg Law works. Greg Law is, you, you do, I mean, like this is this thing that just is a, a very good nature, a very straight arrow and we forged a relationship with Keith. uh, Greg actually brought Keith to Mooresville in 2021, early 2021. And that's the first time I met Keith. And these two sitting there talking about leadership, talking about drive. That's why I scream drive. Because if I sit next to, to Keith and talk to him about Dreams for All, Keith's about to fill my head with like 65 minutes worth of fast-talking, like, I got all these things I want to do. And then if I, talk, if I sit next to Greg and tell him, like, hey, man, I just want to, like, look, tell me about developing somebody's professionalism. I'm about to get sit through 65 minutes of fast-talking. Here's all the things I want to do. <laughs> so they, have, they share that same drive they, uh, and passion of, of like, what can we do for others? How can we put others first? Greg likes to put his team first and in the community and same thing with Keith. He likes to put people he's never met that just need, need beds first. And that's one of those, those, those the, the, the chain that, that binds. Yeah. You know what? I've heard this
3: uh, passed around. From, it started with Mike Whitaker nationwide. Ooh, Michael. introduces us to Dos Marcos. We're making friends. It's it's becoming like a fraternity yeah. of, Whitaker said, he's one of us. <clears throat> or she's one of us like you. You recognize in people a desire to do something significant with what we're doing. You know, a lot of people say like oh, you're selling mattresses or another mattress store. Mm. We don't look at it like that. We're like, man, we've been given a gift. Like I said earlier, how do we, how do we do something awesome? With it? How do we go make a difference in every person that works for us, every person that we get to meet? How do we hear their story and, like, help each other out? And
1: that's really what it's all about. How do we, how do, we do more together? Yeah, it, it reminds me, so so my grandfather told me this story, and it was actually substantiated by the, by the other party. There was a guy, right after my grandfather had sort of gotten a little bit of success, I think he was at his, on his third store, and there was, a, there, was a, there was a local guy that decided he wanted to get into the business as well. So he comes to visit my grandfather at the furniture store, and he sits down with him, and he goes, he goes, "Hey, I I'd, I'd like to like have a partnership, right? I want to I want to buy in and we can really expand this thing and I think I can do this well and you can do that well." And my grandfather sits there and listens to him and he, he looks at him and he goes, he goes, "The only ship that won't sail is a partnership. You don't need a partner and neither do I. You go be my competitor and we'll support each other." And that's what the guy did. And he ended up being a very very successful um, Lazy boy franchisee, in in fact. And they were competitors, you know, until the day my grandfather passed away. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that and that's exactly what you're what you're talking about. It's like it's almost like there's something even more special by embracing your competitor. And it's and it's like, um, who is it? Mark Quinn said this mm-hmm. in a in a keynote probably seven years ago. I, I, I really I remember it vividly, where he would say he it was at a Furniture Day Today conference, and he was like, you know, we are not in competition with each other. We're in competition for the customer's attention against every other category, right? We should be embracing each other more than more – than, yeah.
2: you know what I mean? I more don't than, believe in competition. That we're competitors, like, false. I don't, yeah. I don't believe in
1: that. Yeah. I also remember my grandfather had a, a, a plot of land right across the street from our furniture, from the flagship furniture store in Raleigh and it was like it was something like 12 acres or something like that and he reached out to rooms to go corporate and offered to give them the land if they would build a store there that's i'll smart. give it to you oh, if dude. you'll build one here i'll give it to you and i remember thinking like what the hell was <laughs> that like that's a big move he's go- he has lost it like it's time to move on grandpa like <laughs> retirement is give looming business. You know what I mean? let's go yeah but he like he was like Look, the more the better. Like his his idea was like it's kind of like chums up the water, right? Mm-hmm. The more people are thinking about this, the more opportunity is for everyone. It'd be great for right. them, be well, great for us. If you know your effectiveness
0: level and your effectiveness level is very high, with your people, with your marketing, yeah, I'm gonna get a shot at that. That right at that at that uh, whatever. So like yeah, like bring it on. Yeah. That's...
3: What, what did they say to them? What did they open the store? Nah. They wouldn't take it. <laughs> They're like, they there's knew. something they going knew. on. They it. They They're worried about it. competition. Well, they they well, I mean, oh. I mean, my,
1: my grandfather also also know, knew that if people came in and they had a diff, they had a choice between a relational experience and a corporate experience. Yeah. Then yeah. they would always choose right. And you know, it's not to say like a company like Rooms to Go can't give a relational experience. That's down to the individual salesperson, right? But he knew that. That someone, either him or someone from his bloodline, was going to interact with every single customer, every single time, right? Genes. Yeah, I mean, and and we knew that the consistency was bulletproof, right? And we were all we all spoke the same language, and we all would rake each other over the coals at dinner if it went sideways. You know what I mean? And you know, it's like, are you able to? to be remarkable. Are you able to mm. do something that is worthy of a remark? <laughs> right? And and that's really the the in a lot of ways the competitive advantage that independent retail, you know, has.
2: We have to embrace our, our other independence and and know we're not in competition and the mindset of that has to change. Like as the tide rises, we all I'm friends with every single furniture store in my town. Mm-hmm. I tag them on Facebook. I go see them at their stores. I take pictures of them I promote. They sell mattresses, right? Cool. Like they sell beds too. Like that's okay. But you know what? There's enough pie to go around. The greed doesn't need to exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there's always going to be competition. You can see this competition. You can see it as, as as your ocean rising. I mean, I got Ashley Furniture, and I have a sleep number opening up in the next six months in my town. Is it like that's right? I do. They're yeah. they're both going to open up in my town. Am I excited? Am I like I wasn't when I, my mattress firm opened up. I was definitely worried, but I was happy that they did it. In fact Ashley and Sleep Number is an attractive place for them to come. You know what? They're going to pump the advertising dollars into place and promote it. They're going to build more people to the marketplace, just like the bed a box category. Am I going to be? Am I to, Am I going to be on the show floor a lot more? Like when they first show? Absolutely. Am I going to spend a lot more on advertising? Absolutely. Am I going to drive home my message? Absolutely. That doesn't mean they're not going to get business, right? But mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to stop them. But we can, as a collective, embrace what we do best and quit worrying about the competition and just embrace what you do. Why do you do it? And what's your passion and your purpose? If you embrace your purpose and you advertise your purpose and not your 50% off sales and not your free box springs, mm. if you embrace why you're in business and you tell people that, people get the message. And we are going to a more telling industry. Amazon's there. Walmart's there. Those places are always going to be there. Mm. But as you've seen, like, we have X amount of growth in nationwide as independent retailers. People are investing more time in relationships. Yeah. They're tired of this online just jazz like i mean it's going to be there it's going to exist but people are buying a product they're spending a lot of money they want to trust us they want to build a relationship and not with a web chat you don't Yeah, don't it there
1: yeah so when you guys think about storytelling in terms of the customer experience like how, how do you think about that
0: think about say it again
1: how do you think about storytelling like when it, in terms of mm-hmm. like the customer experience
3: yeah uh Andrew and I were just, Matt Mann and I were just texting back and forth uh, during this conference. And he, was, he said, uh, if you were to sum up in one word what you would want our customers to say about us after shopping with us.
0: I think it was like. Uh, what when they, when, what when, would, would their one word be? If, you, if you're if you Googling us. Uh, it was one of the questions posed to us by Chris Kuster in, in, in NLA. A nationwide learning academy session is just. If you, if you could write the script of what it says on Google when you write in something, something near me, like what is, that, what is the one word you would hope arrives to describe your business? And his answer was aspirational.
3: Yeah. I like that. So we want customers to come in and feel like they're part of something special. And that, um, same with our employees, too. You know, at at Sweet Dreams, our vision is to help as many people as possible achieve their dreams. And I always tell our team, like the dream team, it starts with you. You know, we're gonna invest in you. We want you to, we wanna be, we learned this from a a friend in the industry. We wanna become a learning and development company, not a mattress and furniture company. So how are we investing into our people so that they can make remarkable experiences? And just um, part of what, we uh, train on is this is mattress and furniture shopping that's all about you the customer so how do we find out what's important to that person and dig into it and then share our core values and what we stand for and they're gonna see that we're aspirational about serving and giving to others
2: they are tenfold it's amazing outside of our partnership the day-to-day and the week to week the things that they do like <clears throat> to get back to the community like I'm i am do great with our dreams for all foundation but it's admirable the, the amount of work that they do in their town and I mean it's a lot no kid hungry mm-hmm. I see all kids all kinds of different things that that sweet dreams that, that Greg and Andy are themselves directly doing who run the store who run the company and do all the other things but they just don't give back and support dreams for all they they I mean I mean bikes food christmas blood. organization, 5k blood. blood blood everything I mean they're just he's on top of it it's blood. very admirable to add all those things to, to to your give back but that just defines your purpose and you know your heart's up you can't wear
0: a cape and not save things that makes you a poser I'm not a poser <laughs> I'm a sleep superhero You're so prepared. I give blood to save lives we we feed people we make sure that everyone everyone, even our worst enemies deserve a place to sleep at night that just that just holds up it holds up Every, if everyone's sleeping good and, and you and you extend that even people you you just don't want you would normally think are like the the bad guys, mm-hmm. like Tyrannosaurus Rex. He needs a good place to sleep. The Sleeping Bandit. He needs a good place to
2: sleep. How does a T Rex get out of bed though? Uh,
0: very carefully. <laughs> Got to roll. <laughs> Got to roll right. <laughs> roll like
2: sleep on a hill and is roll it, up. The tiny yeah? arms.
0: You really just use your legs. So, yeah. yeah.
3: You asked about storytelling. Like part of our training with our sales team is. If there's not a story to tell, there's only price to sell. Mm. You know, so... Oh, I like that. We, we realize that adjustable bases, there's so much to offer there. Mm. But most consumers hear the word adjustable base. They don't know what it means. They don't resonate with it. Or they think it's like a hospital, old person yeah. thing. So we changed yeah. the name. We, we call them game changers. Yeah. We call them game changers because of... How much of an impact it's made in people's lives mm. my friend his wife just had her second surgery in the last couple of years he's like yeah you call him the game trader we call him the lifesaver and the stories and i've heard similar stories other people have left reviews like this saved my life you know so that's just one example it's, it's the story is different with each individual that we serve and catering to that and catering to that person and showing that we're genuinely trying to help them. That's that's where the story lies. It's it's different every day and that's what I love about what we do.
2: Can I borrow that name, Game Changer? Can no. I use that? It's no. actually trademarked? <laughs> sorry, dude. <laughs> well so <laughs> a sweet dreams, you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah. You know. But I think it's fun.
1: people wanna hear a, a story
3: point. and they wanna like uh, be part of a fun experience. Yeah. But then when it gets down to it, they wanna know that they're the they're the reason why we're right. doing what we do. It's, yeah. it's not about me, it's not about us. It's about the customer that we're trying to serve.
1: Well, that's the interesting thing, right? As I, as I think a lot of times, personally and professionally, right? we, we think that words mean a specific thing. When, when words are really tools for us to name and give value to, to, to things, right? And so most people are going, no, well, that's an adjustable base. Well, if you want it to be, or it can be this other thing right and so language i think that's something we miss not not just in marketing because we certainly miss it in marketing a a lot but we also miss it in the sales process and in in relationship building it's like words really matter and how we pick our words to describe the outcomes that we that we're trying to communicate it really freaking matters so going hey this is an adjust would you like to try an adjustable base versus hey, can I show you a game changer? What's a
0: game changer?
1: Exactly. It's exactly. a completely right. different it's a completely different thing. And then the customer gets to decide whether this is a game changer or this is something oh, this is something a place that you lay down to die. Like you it. know what I mean? Right. And then, then when I say well I find when I just tell people about it,
3: they don't get it until they feel this on their back. Lay down, I want you to feel this. Right. Right. Then then they're like, oh man, I'm a part of something cool here. Yeah. Right stamp. Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> what if I told you I can make this bed. Filler? We've been working
0: on this. We've been working on the snaps. It's good. Yeah, he's doing, he's doing he, great. He had a ways to go. I'm again. usually a little off. Hey, <laughs> and I uh, think, and uh, like, you no, know, this was this was natural. He's he's really good. That was a good one. I have no so, musical talent. So.
1: <laughs> No, so really. we have a thing in our house called the mommy snap, right? When my wife when my wife snaps, like Ooh. the whole place stop everything oh, stops. It's yeah. like it's like the matrix. Like that's all it takes oh. is a snap and it's like, it's like oh, the middle yo, name. We're all in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that, it's it's really it's really interesting to think about like how do you, in a sales process, how do you use language to impact a person's like willingness to to think about something in a way they never have before, you know, because I can I can remember, you know, I've 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 been in retail more of my life than I haven't been, you know, and it's like people come in, and this is this is a big problem, and I'd love your your perceptions on this. Is I can remember when I first started, like I started out on my grandfather's retail floor when I, floor when I was twelve. Like I was twelve years. No, I was like. You know, six five. You know what I mean. But I also <laughs> weighed eighty pounds. <laughs> you know what I mean. Shoes over here. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I can remember customers would come in, holding the 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 newspaper that we advertised in, right. And they would come in to ask specific questions about specific products, right? Because we had the information, and they, there was nowhere else they could go to find out the information about a, a specific product. So they would come in and like. Really want our information, and as technology has advanced, people have more information than they've ever have, right? So, so knowledge has been commoditized to a certain, ex- well, to to a major extent, and so customers don't feel as if they need the same type of knowledge from salespeople God. as they needed before. Oh my God! Sorry. Yes. No. And go you're, go. No,
0: you're right. Because like, well, you. When you when you say that, I just feel like I don't need to explain coil counts to a person right. or ILDs of a phone. Right. Ever again. Ever again. Oh, if I ever have to, I'm 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 doing a terrible job of what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, because the information has been commoditized.
2: How many yeah. right? coils does it have?
0: I'm so glad it's been commoditized though, because doing what we do is a lot more fun when. As, as Matt, man, I focus on people's bedtimes and mm-hmm. and what they what they do before bed or when they wake up, and that's how we improve people's sleep. Six hundred seventy versus nine hundred twenty versus eleven eighty does not yeah. make any difference. I, I you can buy a nice pair of shoes that feel awful. You can buy a wonderful pair of shoes that look terrible, but I'll probably wear the ones that look terrible if that makes me feel good. So we just got to like you know, custom good fit this to you. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm very am very happy with what you said. Yeah. But most Firing people
1: most people aren't though, right? Most so many salespeople aren't because they want to be able to feel smart by having the information that the customer doesn't have to go, Well this is the coil account and this is the <laughs> This is what's in the fabric, and this is this is the this is the you know whatever. So and what? So many of my customers say that this is the best mattress, but it's like, oh yeah, except that has a two star review. Well, let's let's
0: right? te- let's te- let's teach these guys. We'll just we'll just do a little teach to learn. Can you just rattle off a few um, few a few of these mattress specs to me, please? Take a take a take a like a twelve ninety nine something off your floor. Just tell me how many coils
1: does it have? Oh, it doesn't have coils, man. It's even better because it's all memory foam, and it's, it's, it's two inches of of memory foam on the very top. That's your comfort layer that has unicorn tears and, um, and and raccoon shavings in it. And then under that is your base foam that <laughs> so has have stingray skin in it too. <laughs> St- stingray skin. That's Drake.
2: So, he just bought one. So what? Like, well,
1: so what? Well, well, because because that's why it costs twelve ninety nine. Is because so it has what? all this great stuff in it.
0: So what? And then by the time you've rattled off nine of those specs, yeah. the one thing that would actually get me to buy the bed, I'm not listening anymore. Right. If I'm a sponge, I've already been overabsorbed, and everything else is just like not working. So, like, you know, listening to the customer or just like focusing more on sleep and getting them to test the products is way more fun than doing that. Five times because they're gonna try two, three, maybe five beds. So you gotta do that every single yep. bed. Oh my god. It's amazing. Sorry. It's amazing
3: how things come up. <laughs> like when you're supposed to really hone in on a message, it, isn't it amazing how like usually it'll come up like three times in a row? Like I, I just joined um, the last year, I joined a men's fitness group called F3. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fitness, Fellowship, and Faith. And uh we, on Friday mornings, we have like a little leadership group where we get together and talk about things and talk about our work and how to be better leaders and this last Friday came up where um, the quote from Nelson Mandela came up and said, uh, "If you speak to somebody in a language they can understand, you win their heads. If you speak to them in a language in their language, you win their hearts." Mm. I was like, man, that's good. That is so good. It totally relates to what we're talking about. Like, the customer doesn't care about any of the unicorn tears. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, but what does matter to them? How do we relate it back to them in the uh, language that they use? Yeah. Like, you know, one, of, one of my so?
1: favorite quotes, one of my favorite quotes is a quote by Dale Carnegie, where he says that people will always support a world they help create. Right. So the question is, in, in the sales process. Yep. Are are we are we allowing them to have a voice in the conversation and are we really considering them? And if we are, they will always support a world that they help create. Right. And so it's it's, it's so often that we see that people don't really do that. Right. They they want to be I want my company to be the hero. Right. I want my company to be like the the best thing instead of going like, no, we're here so that y- you can be the best thing right like it this yeah. is this is really about about you so yeah how do so how do we do that instead of going this is how great i am come come buy things from me because i'm so awesome it's like no yeah. like and yeah, nobody cares nobody cares our, Not industry, our industry does a bad that.
2: job at. <clears throat> i mean you can look at any major company our industry does a bad job at Communicating that message, though, it's us retailers that ones that define that because our retailers are consistently concerned with market the marketing. That's fifty percent off, or it's a free box spring, or it's it's talking about the things that I mean, yeah, it's talking about price and price does matter. But how many more people will buy from you if you actually talked about what you invested in? Yeah, talked about your employees. You talked about what you do for the community. You talk about why your business exists. You talk about who your business supports. You talk about other. I'm not reflecting on things that I currently do, sure, but, but I just feel like the, the the industry they set ourselves up for that. They talk about price. They push things like that. They talk so what what do people expect? Like, you know, we're consistently worried about an eight ninety nine mattress or what's got the best eight ninety nine mattress mm-hmm. when you know, you'd probably buy from the company if you if you were researching online, like that's the the, the industry and the manufacturer's message is what's leading people in the wrong direction because 'cause they're the ones with all the power and the marketing dollars. Right. And it's not the right message You're, we're trying yeah. to sell a, a number and a pr- product and a price all to compete and we're not trying to sell sleep when the industry and the manufacturers finally figure out that they're actually trying to deliver and sell sleep what's more important for the customer not who's trying to win the best 899 pillow top and it'll be a little more successful and the consumer will have better expectations but right now yeah. we're explaining things because we we just that's what we set ourselves up for right the right. industry has set ourselves up for people to come in and consistently look at stuff like
1: that yeah yeah, there's, there's been a couple, something that comes to mind there is there's, there's been a couple of um, uh, like training programs that I've, I've, I've written for a couple of different organizations and there's this thing that I've always put in called the three C's, right? So when it comes to your message, anything you do in the company that you have to have an affirmative to these three C's, right? So the question is, is it good for the customer? Is it good for the company? And is it good for the compensation of the sales team, right? And if you say yes to those things, then it's something that you should do, right? And if there's a no in any of those areas, you know, it's like it's like this. When it comes to like the eight ninety nine selling on selling on price only, well, people go, well, it works, and that's the problem with that model, right? Is it actually it does work, right? It does work, but like so does dictatorship. But does that mean that it should be something that we do, right? So does it work is only the first mm. question that we've got to ask. Like, yeah, of course it works, right? But you can also make a lot of money by robbing a bank. Like, that works. But is it something that you should do? <laughs> right? And I don't know that we ask those questions quite often enough.
2: I'll argue with you a little bit. I'll uh, contradict that. I, I, I believe that it is putting the client first, but I firmly believe it's putting your employee first. Yeah. It's putting your employee well, first. Well, that's part of the three it's, C's. This is
1: it good for the customer. Is it good for the compens- uh, company and is it good for compensation? I well, was gonna argue the next
2: point. Compensation. Yeah. I do feel people have to make a living, they have to survive. Right. people can switch jobs and get twenty bucks an hour. It, sure. I mean now a lot of jobs. But if your employees invested, they're not gonna leave for the compensation of many no. how many jobs are offered. I think it's more based on the culture and the environment you create. That I yes, it covers those kind of bases. Maybe I'm not contradicting what you're saying as much as just saying like I I always I mean, yes. There's this easy saying, the customer's always right. But unfortunately, big companies have abused that power. And right. now the expectation of the public, for example, Amazon, Chick-fil-A, place like that, where no matter what it is, even if the, if the client or the customer's wrong, Amazon and Chick-fil-A are just going to give them something for free. Mm-hmm. And so we've derived a society that's just expecting something, no matter if they're right or wrong. Right. So they're taking it out on the little guys. And I firmly don't believe in that because I will take my employee side way before I take, when necessary, the consumer side. Mm-hmm. If I feel that that, that gentleman has spoken differently to my female manager than he's spoken to me. Well, he's not going to get addressed, and he's not going to get taken care of because I just don't I don't right. agree with that. I've had in different instances where the delivery guys, a, a, a gentleman, and I'll, I'll, I'll quote this verbatim, um, I had a customer ask, what color are the guys you're sending to my house? Mm. Oh. And I said, ma'am, their names are Adam and Steve. It doesn't matter who I'm sending to your house. They are people that I trust and people I invest in my company. And needless to say, like we had kind of a debacle, and and I, and, I, and I end up just refunding her money. So because it's just not that's not how I right. vibe and how I jive. But putting your employee first and listening to your employee—that's invested—goes above and beyond. And then equally taking care of your customer because they're respectful and they're wrong. They'll get a lot more done than if they're if they're right and disrespectful. Right. So.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And and I actually have the I actually have the belief that you're your team members your salespeople, your delivery drivers your back office people they are your first customer Mm -hmm. right because because they impact the way the real customer experience right because if if you're not if we're not as business so business owner perspective if we're not serving them as if they are our customer then they're not going to serve the end user the end customer the way that we would Ultimately, like our business to represent itself, right? Yep. And you know, I think, you know, one one of the things that that I really learned in my experience in retail was just how important every single layer of the business was, especially especially as a small business. You know, it's like the the marketing message matters, right? So the customer when they walk in the store if their expectations aren't set in some way and they're disappointed or like oh i didn't think it would be like this this isn't as good as i thought it would be right people used to do that you you may remember when like business websites became popular like years ago like you would have all these stock images of like store and customers and product and then you walk in and be like that's is this the same place like this doesn't look like what i saw on the internet right and so they would come in and they would start <laughs> with, a, with a distrust of the, of the experience because it, it's so much different, right? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then it's like if they don't get an exceptional if, – if the, if the sales team doesn't get an exceptional experience from leadership, then they don't give an exceptional experience to the customer. If they don't give an exceptional experience to the customer, the customer doesn't buy anything. If they don't buy anything, the delivery team never shows up. If the delivery team doesn't give an exceptional experience when they show up, then the customer is left with a bad taste in their mouth, right? So, like, what's the most important touch point? A lot of things just
0: went wrong
2: in that delivery and that that process. (laughs) Yeah, like
1: all of them. The most important
2: important part of that process if they've gone far enough to trust you and get it delivered is the delivery team. And I don't want 100%. people underinvest in that. And if you don't take care of your delivery team, if you don't like, yes, compensation is important. A lot of guys have talked about compensation is most important. I actually, the program I, I did to get deliveries to run perfect was I do hourly and a bonus system. I do a per delivery bonus per guy. But if something's messed up or forgotten and it's on them, they lose the bonuses. It's an infraction or they lose the bonuses for the day. Mm. So nobody wants to lose their, their money. Right. So I've done that for the past three or four years. Well, a couple months ago, I took it away. I put the autonomy back into their hands because I've had a delivery team train like that. So now I've reversed it to where I'm not gonna take your bonuses away. They'll be able, if, if there's something that does happen, we'll address it as needed, but I give a, a quarterly bonus at our quarterly all-hands meeting to whoever went above and beyond. Mm. And that's not set to just delivery team members. So they'll never get anything taken away. They never have to worry about losing something. So they, they know I'm trusting in them to make sure things are done right. And you have to empower them and show them and let them do things. We try to empower people to kind of figure problems out on their own. Like the whole, I'll figure it out is one of my favorite sayings. Like I can go back and forth with a manager or a salesperson back and forth on something, but I'll figure it out teaches you things because you're figuring it out on your own. If you're delivering a headboard doesn't quite work on the whatever you do, on how you set up with the frame and the adjustable base, like get creative. Don't say call the store the store and they'll let you know we have to go back make the three trips call the mm-hmm. customer you don't know what's going on but i'll figure it out like i'm giving you autonomy to just take care of it if it costs a little bit of money take care of it like give your delivery team autonomy and they'll move a lot smoother they'll get a lot more stuff done and have a lot more quality of life And yeah,
1: so. that's that's a living breathing example of people will support a world they help create yeah. right because if mm-hmm. they feel like they have they have a seat at the table right people people will always take more ownership in something that they actually have some ownership in mm-hmm. absolutely right
2: yeah yeah that's correct in our dreams for all process we take used beds back now like the goal is like you know for years we've thrown beds on the trucks and our whole industry has is mm-hmm. now we want we're, we're driving a process because we won't and i think the dream team at sweet dreams match furniture been doing this longer than i have but and you're moving that used mattress because we're going to give it to a family in need treat that mattress like you were giving it to your grandmother or your mother and have more care and take care of it not just sling it drag it lean it set it in the grass bag it take care of it so giving giving things to live by just like empowering them and, and and making relatable situations where they can relate to
1: so let's talk about dreams for all for a second so so you were in business for a certain number of years, and then you realize that there's some some other need other than just selling mattresses, because yeah. there's mattresses out there that are also coming back. Every time you sell a mattress, a mattress normally is being replaced. So something has to happen with that other mattress. So where, where before did- it, Before it did, came to
2: fruition, when I was on the sales floor all the time trying to, to wear all the hats, people would come in with three, four, $500 budget to buy a bed, and they'd have kids with them, and, and like you just couldn't get much. Even five years ago, you couldn't get much of a bed for three, 400 bucks. <laughs> So on several occasions, i would be like, you know, I've got a nice used bed in the back we picked up. I just kind of saved the really nice stuff. And I was like, do you want that? Like, is that something you'd be interested in? He's like, yeah, well, like, I mean, how much though? I'm like, nothing for free. Like, here they are, a willing customer to spend $500 in my store, and I'm giving them something for free and not charging them for it. Like, it totally blew them away. So I never really thought about it. I just did that on occasion. But the power came from when that hurricane hit, southeastern North Carolina, and every house in the highest poverty region in the southeast had a mattress out front. It's expensive and unfortunately there's no credit check programs, no offense to those businesses or anything. They don't set people up for success. No credit check companies like cars and stuff, they end up upside down in cars, payments, they end upside down in up furniture, they get furniture repoed, so it puts them in bad situations. So furnishing your house is the most expensive thing to do. If you just lost everything, and now you get back in your house, now you're going to go in debt again for furniture when you have kids. When you have to feed them, you have to clothe them, things like that. So. I saw a bed in front of every house, so I just made a Facebook post. Don't recommend that for anybody starting up. I just made a Facebook post like, hey, reach out to me if you need a bed and you're getting back in your house. Oh my goodness, it swarmed. I took about 300 beds down there without an organization created, without a name, just took beds down there. I make a post, families from back in, take it to the address, mattress. So after that, it kind of came to fruition, like the idea of like dreams for all or sweet dreams, like dreams for all just made sense. It just like, just clicked in my head one day. Um, dreams for all because it's no one snap. deserves to sleep snap. on the floor. Yeah. Cause no one deserves to sleep on the floor. That's kind of my saying. That's what I've been rolling with. Um, and <clears throat> so I just started saving beds. I created a nonprofit we became an official nonprofit in 2017 and just realized there's way more need than, than our industry's letting up to. It's manufacturers, not their responsibility to do that, even though they should rely on some of that, but they're putting a new bed into the system and leaving it a bus to, to drop it to, to, to deliver that new bed. Well, that old bed's got to go somewhere. And I think putting it in the dumps, the easy way out. And I don't like the easy way out. You figure things out when you don't take the easy way out. You, you create change, you create ideas. Mm. Um, so I just started saving beds and, and from here to there, people started reaching out and I delivered people burning out of their house. I do new beds to local fire departments, homeless shelters, evacuation centers. I mean, you name it like i've, I've given a bed to it in a cool quick story i don't know you know our time and stuff we're good no. yeah we? so um my first annual charity event in 20 so we just had our fourth one in 2021 so that would have been 2017 i had my first event the guy that was doing my drone footage for the event and this will give you a chill so the guy that was doing my drone footage backed out at the last minute so i made a post on facebook i was looking for somebody to, to, to do drones I needed drone footage. I wanted to promote the first event, get people out to my fundraiser. It's the first time I've ever done a fundraiser for the charity. Like, Dreams for All was a thing. People weren't aware of it. It wasn't that big yet. So, I reached out. Somebody messaged me. He's like, hey, I know this guy, Bobby Hancock, who um, who does drone footage. Reach out to him. I messaged him and said, hey, Bobby. I texted him. I said, hey, dude, I'm, uh, I really need a drone, but my event's tomorrow. Like, the guy just dropped out on me last minute. And I was like, okay, sweet. Awesome. Tomorrow, like, I can settle up with you. Let me know how much I owe you. And I got the text message still to this day. I said, hey, and he's like a million dollars. Just kidding. My dad's house burned down a month ago. and You gave him beds. I'm not charging you anything. Wow. And dude, so I reference that story quite a bit, along with several other situations that's happened. And it just shows how things come around. And I don't do it for the return. I don't do it because there's always going to be karmatic return. Sure. I don't do it for that. I just do it because it's the right thing to do. And we're getting used beds back. So I found a place for them to go. And it's an industry-wide problem. And Greg and Andy and Katie all, you know, believed in this. And they, they they paid attention and they listened to the Dos Marcos. That's how we all came to fruition of, like, bringing this idea to them. And they're, they're you know, risk there's no really risk in doing this, but they, like, they believed in it enough to, like, we're in it. Let's do it. And so which led to literally today where they get a call from a hotel and want 300 beds to be donated to the organization. I guess what? We're putting a corner. we got to figure this out. So yeah. that's what we're going to do.
3: I was thinking that uh, when you said that earlier, like, you just – you don't take the easy way out. You figure things out. <clears throat> That's not an easy task to go pick up all those beds, but we have got to figure out
0: how to do it and how to help a lot of people. It just would suck if we didn't try.
2: Yeah, absolutely, I to not try. Yeah, the, 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 but at least trying. The first time it happened to me, uh, I just so happened to be connected to a church or a tornado to a ch- to a community Robbins North Carolina where a tornado had kind of. Randomly touched down in a bad storm and it tore a lot of people's roofs off their houses, ruined a lot of their furniture. So I literally, like, from taking all those beds and just trying to figure out what to do with 100 beds from my first hotel, it took 40 beds to that church, 40 plus. And then since then, I've taken numerous loads of 10, 20 at a time. So there's places for these beds to go. We just have to find them. Um, and people are "Ah, oh, there's storage issues. There always be." But it's just figuring it out, and I've kind of figured it out. Like, you know, we're we're I'm, I'm years ahead of where anybody's at in the industry because of just it's the right thing to do that's
1: it yeah and you know something that just comes to mind for me is like not only is it the right thing to do but like there's there's a lot of mattress manufacturers that talk about how they have like zero waste or zero carbon footprint right and it's like in their in the manufacturing process yes but then what happens i mean mattresses are made to last for a gazillion years and the components do last for a gazillion years right so if you're not, okay, you, you go, because I, I see the the fire in your so eyes. The, the beer stroke the is The Dos Marcos just had a
2: podcast about this, and they were yeah. gracious enough to mention our organization and starting about the sustainability of our industry. Manufacturers do have a sole responsibility. It is great that there is zero waste, but you're adding another mattress to the cycle right. and not taking it out. Now, I'm going to give a lot of credit to TSI, who's believed in this, and I've been talking about it and asking about it for years about – about how they're gonna help me and assist me. So recently TSI made retail value of about a million dollar donation in tempur Mm. to my organization on top of committed mattresses every quarter based on my sales without taking away anything else to my organization. Because right now when I do fire departments or I do like people have halfway houses or places where they're helping out homeless, there's always a caretaker there and they always do prefer something on the newer side of things. Sure. So I'm always, so when that happened, I was paying for it out of my pocket buying new things. It's expensive, man. But you know, even before I got committed to Timber Sealy, I was, I was spending a lot of money on new beds to, to fill need. Like, mm-hmm. so we, to, this this whole thing with TSI is huge because now I have new beds. I can save up an in inventory when I have these big fire department needs. On top of that, like, um, we just started working a big thing. Is like, I have a stockpile. So when you get a big order, big load like this coming on, if you have a place or you can find an organization that's willing to help you, a warehouse company, you find the manager. And he's willing to donate space to you it's huge if you can store them because now we just ten i don't know seven to ten thousand refugees come stateside mm. myself in the past six weeks i've taken 100 beds out to refugees new and used charlotte they just had a, they have a 65 family waiting list of people trying to move into homes and they reached out and they were like hey do you have anything available do you work in the charlotte area i was like it's a beautiful thing I have a partnership with a store in Charlotte, so I passed that relationship over. It just shows how, how this, this program, this thing works. Yeah.
1: So what's the what's the vision? Where do you see where do you see this I, in, in it, five years, ten years?
2: I, I'm not gonna say I'm ever gonna fix the problem, but in three years, like somewhere in 2022, in three years, I'd like to be a committed dealer in every state. I'd like, and and I'm, I'm strictly focused on independence like and local guys that care about their town. This, I'm not taking this as a way to. Go after the, the big entities. That's not my goal. But this will set you apart if you're looking how to set yourself apart in the industry. Giving back is a way to do it. and You're already getting the used beds back. You're just taking the easy way out and throwing them in the dump. We're taking an easy way out and do something for your community that matters. Don't just hand cash to somebody that comes in because they want a donation. Figure yeah. something else out. And this is the, the beautiful part of the program. We're already getting the product. It's a free product.
1: So, Keith, uh, uh, Greg, there's a, there's a ton of things you guys could have done. Right, there's like a ton of different like philanthropic things or ways you could have given back, but you partnered with this character right here. So like, why why this?
3: You know, um, I like what how you explained that. I, I listened to your your TED talk. That was really really good. Uh, um, I like how you said, "You sometimes the worst teacher is experience."
1: Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? Yeah, experience is the teacher of fools. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so you don't have to do, figure out, everything from scratch yourself. It's actually right. a lot smarter a lot of times to learn from somebody that's already figured it out. And okay, how do I take what Keith has already figured out and get there faster and better and smarter in our local market? Mm. So I heard him on the Dis Marcos and um, I was like, man, that's, you know, our core values are dreams dedicated to God and the greater good responsibility, energy, effort, and excellence. All about the team, measure growth and partnerships, service above self. Dedicated to Gavin Greger that he's getting it done. He's, he has been getting it done for eight years. We've always been about that in our market. And you know it's kind of hard to, we do, we try to do as much as we can, we do a lot. But we like how this is kind of in our everyday efforts. we're delivering new beds we're bringing this back we have the capability to be able to do this i i I dig it i think it's going to be fantastic to learn from this guy and how he's already figured out all kinds of scenarios and situations and then be able to do it better and make a real impact in our community yeah It
1: it reminds me so there's this there's this parable that i i i tell my kids a lot actually it's it's um it's this buddhist parable about this this old lady That um, would carry fire and water everywhere that she would go right so she was like the matriarch of this village right so she would carry a torch and a bucket of water everywhere she went and people people in the village had no idea why and then so one day this this one of the younger kids got got up the nerve to go ask her like why is it that you walk around with fire and water all the time so he asked her and her answer was so that i can quench hell with the water and that i can um that i can uh incinerate heaven with the fire so that when i do good i do it only because it's good to do right Mm -hmm. so so often in business we take it's it's easy to take the other route and go i'm only going to do this good thing because there's this massive return on investment or so I will get so the so the so the so the news channel will come out and they'll cover me on this thing or they'll do this. And are those good things to happen? Like of course, right? But I think so often we've got to check our motives and go why are we doing it? Like are we doing it because it, you know, because we get heaven or are we doing it so we don't get hell or are we just doing it cuz it's good to do, right? And that, that parable comes up to me, and it's come to mind for me three or four times as we've had this conversation, because it's like, man, sometimes, or most of the time, if you're doing the things just because it's good to do, then everything else kind of kind of like works itself out, you know?
2: Everything will always fall into place, how it's yeah. supposed to. Do.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: if you do what's right, like, everything happens for a reason, I'm a firm believer in it, and just, uh, and again, I'll say it again, I don't do it for the chromatic terms, literally. Have the social responsibility, and I've, I've felt so much investment into a mattress business that I can impact people's everyday lives. Like the, the look you get when you're given a free bed away, like, and they say a free bed away when you're giving somebody a place to sleep, the amount of dignity, and it strives right into mental health, mental health too. Like, somebody gets a new home, but then, like, man, like they just got out of a homeless situation, they got a house, they just sleep on the floor. Mm-hmm. Give me mm-hmm. desperate messages I get on a weekly basis about yeah. that. People are afraid to ask me. And I just re- reinforce the message of, like, you know, I'm happy to do it. Even people come in and, like, try to buy something. Like, listen, if you need help, like, don't buy a bed. I will give you one. Like, yeah. don't put yourself in a position. And just let's work something out. If, you, if you're okay with a used bed, we take care of them. I'll just give you one for free. And, do like, people just face turn white. And just, it's every time. Every shit. So, mm. yeah.
1: That's amazing. It it reminds me there was there was this one time and we were you know we were downstairs earlier talking about you know war stories from from retail and stuff like that, but I, I can remember there was this one time when I was a kid I was well, I was a kid I was probably sixteen I was working at my grandfather's furniture store over the over the uh, over the summer and I can remember this one lady comes in she's like. Newly single mom. She's got like four kids and they're just like wrecking the store. Like (laughs) wrecking the store. Yeah. And we've we've all been there, right? Like the kids come in and they're like all of a sudden it's a trampoline store, you know what I mean? And like everybody's losing their minds. And there was something my grandfather didn't do this a lot. Like so I don't I don't wanna paint the picture like he's like this is something he did a lot, but he did it he did it at least once that I know of and it, it really made an impact. Is This lady was having her such a hard time. She was struggling, but she needed furniture Because she had just she had just gone through a divorce She was trying to figure out her life She'd been a stay-at-home mom for I forget how long but a long time and like she's she's trying to figure out her job she's trying to figure out her income trying to figure out her housing trying to figure out what she's gonna do with these four kids Right, so she's like she's a wreck And so my grandfather realized that these kids were behaving poorly, not because they were bad kids or poorly parented, because they're all of them are going through a lot. Right. And so this lady ends up buying a uh, one of the most inexpensive bedroom suits that we had. And then she couldn't afford the bed. So she bought mattresses, mattress only for the kids, for the four kids, because they were going to be in the same room. Uh, and it was like uh, solder, if you if you remember. I guess solder's still around, yeah, right? right? But it was a solder dresser, nightstand, and chest, and then four of the most inexpensive twin size mattresses we could we could sell. So she bought it, and my grandfather took her money, right? Which I I saw like the compassion on his face, and I was like, I know he's not gonna take the money. Like I know he's just gonna like he's gonna bless this woman, and he mm-hmm. didn't, right? And I delivered it, and when I'm putting it in this woman's house, yes, I'm I'm putting the dress the the nightstand in, and I real the the nightstand those drawers were not made to like fit properly. If you've ever seen a solder nightstand, you of know course, what I mean. They're yeah. not meant to fit properly. And as I'm carrying it in, the nightstand comes out, and it was cash, exactly what she paid for it, yes. was in the nightstand of this kid's thing, and I remember thinking like. Like, why else would you be in business? You know what I mean? Right. Like, if you can't do some stuff like that. And then I, so I got back and I told my grandpa, I was like, hey, I saw the money in the nightstand. And he was like, what are you talking about? It's no money. You know what I mean? Like, completely denies yeah, the whole cool. freaking thing. And I was like, you know what you did. You know what I mean? <laughs> but he didn't want it. But, and, and it's like, people will find out when you do the right thing for the right reason. You know, it's like one of one of our mantras in in my wife and I's business is like you do the right thing for the right reason, you expect the right result with no attachment to outcomes. Like yep. that's that's the four things that we base mm-hmm. everything we do on. Ooh. And when I do that, really good things happen. And when I don't, really good things don't <laughs> don't normally happen. happen. But it's like you do the right thing. Because because, and you guys know this, right? People, a, a lot, they do the right thing, but they do it with the wrong motive. Mm-hmm. Or they do the wrong thing with the right motive, right? And they always expect themselves to get the best. And they have attachments to the timing of the, uh, of the outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. But when you do the right thing, you do it for the right reason, you can expect the right result with no attachment to timing and outcome, right? That's right. And it works every you know, sixty percent of the time it works every day. Yeah,
3: I, I really find the number three there um, extra interesting. It's like faith, right? You gotta expect the right results. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, yeah. you're going, you're moving forward with faith that you're doing the right thing. You expect the right yeah. outcome.
1: Yeah, because we, we we try to manipulate outcomes, right? So the question isn't, "Will this give me a great result now?" The question is, "If I do this type of thing consistently," Will it be better than not doing this thing consistently, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like, do I want to be kind all the time? Well, no. But if I am consistently kind, will I get a better outcome than when I'm if I'm not, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean it'll be the same. It'll you know, we'll always get the same outcome because we won't. Like sometimes you do the right thing, and you get you still get a shit outcome. Mm -hmm. Like you still get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah. if you do it consistently, you get a better outcome in general than you would get otherwise. Yeah. Right? And I think it's it's easier to it's easy to kinda of lose sight of that. It is. You know? uh,
2: every dealer I've talked to, like I, I spend a lot of this my only second event coming to um, I don't take the mic the whole time. I'm sorry. But I, dealers I've talked to, like, two of the questions I get asked a lot are like, Why aren't you worried about like who doesn't need a mattress? Or Yeah, And the said on said thing is like the extra work it's going to take because it's going to take work. If you Mm -hmm. want people to support your store, this is going to balance your business. It's your business. It's going to balance your business. So yeah, you are going to have to put some sweat equity in it. I'm going to go up there and help them figure out how we're going to do with these 300 beds. I'm going to go personally figure this out. But like the other part of that is like the people like the dealers like, oh, aren't you worried about who doesn't deserve it? Or people that have donated money who doesn't like, how do you know who needs a bed really gets it? I was like, if they're asking for a bed, they're either – that that people you're talking about are gonna sell it, probably because they need money. At the end of the day, if the homeless guy's on the side of the road and he wants 20 bucks for booze, we give him 20 bucks for booze. Like, they're gonna figure out a way to do it one way or the other, but I know in good faith that I'm doing it for the right reason. I don't worry about who doesn't quote unquote deserve it. It's like, but nine out of 10 times, those people need it. Yeah. I, 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 first time, a couple times doing this, I judged a couple times, I'm Mm -hmm. not gonna lie, like you often wonder, this guy sent out a message, one of my good friends owns a salon to help uh, to help his friend who just went through a divorce. Well, I took three really nice mattress sets to this woman's parents' house, who was a million-dollar home in a high-end community. Mm. Now, tell me who would not? Why are we bringing beds to this yeah. house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That woman was she was an emotional wreck. She was restarting over. She's living in her parents' house, but mm. like, I'm not putting. You know what? People are like, why don't the manufacturer do something? Why don't the government do something? Well, why don't their parents? Why don't you do something? Why don't you right. do something? Right. Quit blaming and thinking other people are going to take care of it. I don't let. I don't worry about if the government locally is going to support our local fire department and give them nicer bets. I'm just going to give them nicer bets. I'm. I'm not like yeah, they could take care of it, heighten our taxes. You know that takes six months to a year, and I can just do it, and I have the power to just do it. Yeah. We well, have an industry where like, we have a little, a pretty big thing that's in every aspect of life, and everybody sleeps, and it's important. So. Just put the scapegoat out there is like quit thinking somebody else doesn't deserve it. That's not your title to, yeah. to figure that out. Yeah, but
1: but but Keith, man, the the government in the state is is so well known for how m- manage, they manage money well and right? they, they work programs really well and they're <laughs> always really successful, right? And how we're like, like not any debt. So. Yeah, like I I had a I had a mentor once that would that would always say like every every tax dollar every tax dollar we pay is a result of the community not doing their work. Right. So so are those are those programs good? Like, yes. But are those programs necessary? Well, no. Like I've I've got a past a friend that's a friend of mine that's a pastor that 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 he would say every 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 dollar uh, and new program that 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 is legislated is a result of the church's failed efforts in not doing what they're supposed to do for the community, which I think is such an interesting thought right so like if we took care of ourselves we wouldn't have to put money in a pot somewhere that we don't even control to then go and take care of the people that we're unwilling to care for right or or to support
2: and we can also we can always blame the government we can always blame somebody else that's again that's an easy way out we can always just throw the bed in the dump yeah i chose not to take the easy way out and and about Mm -hmm. a year and a half two years ago Mm -hmm. is when i decided it was you know i always thought in my head it'd be cool to take this Across the US across the nation yeah to ship beds overseas after a torrential like hurricane or a tornado or something hits another state like mm-hmm. like the end game the goal like there's no end game like this is this can, can continuous I've shipped bed overseas to soldiers that are shit sleeping on shit four inch cardboard yep. mats yeah so there's really no limits with this and that's what no. I was like just talking about yeah, this, this was kind of of for me. like this is, a rep- this is a repeatable program because this is an industry-wide problem yeah and it's up to us as a collective it, especially with nationwide bring us all together as a collective that we can address this issue. Yep.
1: Yep. It, it occurs to me, it it seems like this is really the difference between fault and responsibility, right? Like it's fault is easy to recognize, right? It's, it's their fault. Like the fact that there's so many mattresses and landfills or like, I don't know, whatever, whatever problem you want to come up with, like it's easy to identify fault and to place blame. And a lot of times I think we don't make the delineation between fault and responsibility. Because we think if it's your fault, if it's someone's fault, then it's also their responsibility to fix it. When That's almost never true, right? There's a difference between fault and responsibility. So fault for us should be an identification. Oh, this happened because of that. Responsibility is a completely different thing, which is the question of, okay, now what can or should I do about it? You know, like like I, I recognize this. So. I have a very complicated relationship with my grandfather. Like he's the greatest of all. Like he's for me. He gave me more than anyone, and he also probably traumatized me more than anyone. Like at the same time, you know what I mean? It's a really complicated situation. Yeah. But I, I can remember, um, and and Keith, I was telling you this, telling you this earlier mm-hmm. when we were talking. Is like one of the reasons I left the the furniture and bedding industry for gosh six years is because when I was In high school, I can remember my grandfather telling me, if you don't stay in this business, you'll never make it in life, right? And so that, like, that made me crazy. Wow. And so at at a point, I was like, okay, so I left the business to prove it, to prove that I could make it. But I stayed in the furniture industry, right? stayed in the bedding industry. And then I was, like, I felt good about that for a little bit. And then it's like, yeah, but you're still in the industry. Like, you're still, like... You're still in the business. Like you haven't proven him wrong yet. So it's like, okay, well, screw this. I'm going to leave the whole thing. So I leave the whole thing and I'm out. And then I realize this is like, it's like 2000. Oh my gosh, it's like 2020. And I look around and I'm like, my grandfather passed away in 2009. And I'm still trying to prove this thing to him. Like, was it his fault that I felt this way? Like, maybe, because he said it, right? Maybe it was his fault. But is it his responsibility to fix it? Like, he's not even here. And I'm expecting him to, like, somehow affirm the fact that I've done it. You know what I mean? Right. But, like, no, is it, okay, was it his responsibility? Yes, probably. Should he have said it? Probably not, right? But whose responsibility is to fix it? Well, it's mine. And it has nothing to do with him. You know what I mean? And so that, and that's one of the primary things that brought me back to the business. It's like, wait a second, I'm staying away from this industry that I actually enjoy. Like I actually love the business, but I'm staying away because I feel like someone's at fault and someone that isn't even alive anymore and hasn't been alive for a decade (laughs) is supposed to be responsible to fix something they can't fix. Right? Instead of doing what you know, you guys are doing right now and going like, yeah, okay, the, there's some fault here. We shouldn't be doing this. And instead of like, oh, we need a government program to fix it or we need legislation to fix it or we need some, one of these massive companies to fix it or these mass, mass, massive manufacturers. It's like, no, let's take responsibility for what we can. And that's how things get fixed. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> yeah. like That's how the world gets better.
2: That's mm-hmm. it. Take a couple guys take accept responsibility. To to figure it out, yeah. If a couple guys can figure it out, and people making millions of dollars can't, that's where you know, like, there's there's obviously issues. So we can either blame those guys with all the money and let them figure it out, or you accept responsibility and make a change. Yeah. Because the littlest change, which I thought was just like a couple beds here and there, is like, you know, something a lot more. It's something a lot bigger.
1: Especially if those guys are North Carolinians, right? Like that's that's the. (laughs) That's right. Right, like that's the thing, right?
2: We're on fire, baby. Yeah, flywheel spinning, it ain't stopping.
1: All right, so so let's let's start let's start wrapping this thing up, cause um, cause, cause Matt man's in a trance right <laughs> I'm in a trance. I, I, no, I'm not. This has been
0: a good listener. Yeah, it, it's very odd for me not to or to just be here listening. I, I realize you guys might think that's odd, but I I do enjoy it. Well, you have oh, the exactly. glasses
1: on, so I thought it was like a weekend of Bernie <laughs> situation. I no, wasn't oh. sure.
2: <laughs> oh. Matt, man, are you sleeping? No. Oh, it's not much. my bedtime
1: yet. I'm about to...
2: You don't I'm have like... a bedtime when you in Phoenix. Oh, so you're going
1: to like this. I, I thought about this from, from your podcast. And yeah, oh. So this... Yeah, yeah, um, I, yeah now you're paying attention because we're talking about your podcast. What you got? Yeah, okay. So, um, so I know you, you, have, uh, you have a pretty good um, reputation for storytelling. So I have a story that I told my daughter that I think you'd be proud of as a mattress superhero. So there was a time my daughter didn't want to go to bed. And it was like every night she's coming out of her bedroom. So we decided to tell her a different story about, about bedtime that, that gave her something that she wanted. She didn't want to go to bed. So we asked my, me and my wife, we asked ourselves, okay, so what, what story can we tell her that will change the way she thinks about going to bed? So, we thought about it we and we figured out that her favorite thing, her favorite, like her favorite, especially meal, her favorite meal of the day is breakfast. The girl loves breakfast. And we do too. Like breakfast is like a big deal in our house. Like we always, we do it, we do it big. And so we changed the name of Bedtime. We changed the name to Bedtime to Time Machine to Breakfast. Oh. And we never had another problem. With coming out of the bed. Right. So it's not your bed. That's not a bed. That's a time machine. Yeah, And that is a time machine to You're breakfast. speaking her language. Speaking her language.
2: Change the way she saw it. It's beautiful. It can't change something. I like no, the idea thing. of it. You just change the way to think about it. I like a
0: time machine to lunch. <laughs> be I like a time machine <laughs> to breakfast every day for
2: all three meals a day. Yeah, right, it's right. Good. It's I good. I like that's, um, a, that's
0: a very creative solution to a problem that I think a lot of people have. Yeah.
2: It's got to try my they, kids it's like, you you set the wonderful. expectation
0: of beds, and then she's like, "Oh, you're gonna make me go to that thing," and instead, it's like we're calling something else. The same way we call game changers, game changers. You're calling beds time machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you do it. You well, that's the rules. thing, right? The thing with sleeping. Can sleep we borrow like, that? You can the have it. Steal it. The... I, I say that back sleepers. In uh, when I'm when I'm talking to somebody, I tell them that sleeping on your side is awful. So because you'll never go to bed seeing the same thing you wake up to because you always be looking at a different wall or you'll have moved. But when you, when you fall asleep on your back and you've got your feet raised and your head raised and you fall asleep and you wake up six hours, seven hours later, you, you're seeing the same thing. That's, that's time travel. You've moved seven hours into the future
2: and you didn't. That man moves that's, mountains. That's fantastic.
1: That is good. <laughs> that is good. All right. So let's, so let's wrap this thing up. So, um, tell us tell us where we can where we can find out more where can people connect with you and um, just parting words what would be what would be your parting words Matt man go first
0: sure uh, you, where you can find me you can find me on fam.news you can find me on apple podcasts and you can find me on spotify the adventures of Matt man yeah. that is my story that i tell about the ways that maximizing my sleep has improved my life and changed the way that i just view the world in general. Uh but it, in case you wanted to uh, you can go to shopsweetdreams.com and and just like check out our website stuff be all cool there. And uh and if you ever need to put up the mat symbol, there's like a text text us number. So if you if there's a, if there's a cause or there's a, a 5k and you need my help, you just you just text those numbers there and you'll find us. Keith
1: Greg?
3: Yeah, but, you know, I've really been enjoying LinkedIn lately. Yeah. So find me on LinkedIn, Greg Love. Look forward to connecting with you guys.
1: Word up. It's
2: beautiful. Um, so I'm pretty <clears throat> big on social media. I don't have Twitter or anything like that. But Instagram, you could, I have three platforms, but you can find out a lot about but just by following my main platform, which is keith.mattress.therapist, where I will solve your sleep problems. Mattress therapy, baby. We give you a mattress you're going to sleep on. You know We're going to take care of you. And our Dreams for All Foundation <clears throat> is just that on Instagram too. And then our website is where people can contribute to Dreams for All Foundation and earmark whether you're whichever Dreams for All location you're supporting. But whether you're donating a mattress, you need a mattress, you're somebody in need. I don't care where you're at. Like if There's inquiries about it. It's, there's a need somewhere it's for somebody. So SweetDreamsNC.com slash Dreams for All. We'll have a national website up soon once get everything rolling. So. Yeah,
1: nice. So, so we'll link everything in the description and like final shout out to fam.news for making this happen Let's making this connection. Happen. Those tequila, it's the tres leches, and yeah, now tres now leches. tres leches, which is which is horrifying. <laughs> and I, I feel I, oh, I, by I the feel, way, I want to I want to
2: help. do want to give a shout out to Dos Marcos because they're the one who fostered a lot of these relationships. Yeah, and has mm-hmm. led us all down a lot of these paths. And Casey Williams, my TSI rep, who led me to the Dos Marcos, who has came to fruition with everything else. I met Casey today. Casey came, has, has, has pushed our buck in our corner to make a lot of stuff possible with TSI and getting beds yeah. donated and all the stuff he's done. So
1: yeah. Um, so so it's not just my fault. So shout out nationwide. Shout Thanks. out fam.news, okay. shout out Casey. And uh, because of all of this, this happened, now we have Tress legends. <laughs> makes yeah. you really Take uncomfortable. Take that, yeah, dos. Marcos. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. oh. <laughs> guys, hey. honest, honest to goodness, final affirmation from you, For you you are you are a credit to the industry and to humanity. Thank you for what you do. Right back at you. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Thank we'll you, guys.
0: Chowdy, chowdy. <laughs> I
3: gotta get
0: a stretch in my hands.